0: what she looked like. And I found a picture of her and it was immediately like my stomach just kind of like dropped (laughs) um, because she had the exact same smile that I have.
1: Hello, you are listening to NPE Stories. This is a podcast where NPEs can share their story. and welcome to episode 130. This is the first episode of my fourth season. I just took a month off. It was lovely and tricky at the same time. I took the month off. It's currently July. No, it is now August. <laughs> August of 2022. There we go. I got this figured out. <laughs> And I took a little break with my family and did lots of beaches and parks and have had just a really busy but fun summer. But I am missing community. So it is so nice to be able to speak to another NPE today. And today we are speaking with Holly. Hi, Holly. Hi, Lily. Uh, It's so nice to talk to you today. You too. Thank you for letting me join. Well, I know you have listened to a lot of episodes, so we don't have to, for your sake, go through the format. Um, did did I tell you earlier that my daughter's name is Holly? No. She I I think you might have a cutesy name, but she is a Hollywood. Holly Wood. Oh yeah, um, that's right. Are you
0: are you a Holly? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm Holly Berry. <laughs>
1: So another Holly with a cute name. I love it. Oh, that's so funny. I
0: didn't even think. There was a a guy that I dated in college whose last name was Wood, and we always joked around we could never get married because then I would be Hollywood.
1: (laughs) Right? (laughs) And earlier when you were listening, I was screaming for my son, Charlie, to give me back my phone. And you're like, that's my dog's name. So We have have some name confusion going on today. Um, Oh, gosh. Okay, so for anyone new listening, if you don't know the format, even though Holly already does, we normally start with a little bit of background, maybe your family of origin, and then at some point you explain how you found out you were an NPE and what life has been like since finding out. So I'm going to pass it off to you right now, Holly, and you can go ahead with your family of origin and let us know more about you.
0: Okay, great. Um, It feels a little surreal to be on this side of things (laughs) after listening to so many episodes of everyone else's story. So it's um, really great to have that um, and then now be on this side. But um, let's see. Gosh, my story is really convoluted. Um, My family of origin is primarily uh, my mom, my dad and my brother who's nine years older than me and my kind of like my story has always been that I was originally um, the only one from North Carolina my family moved from Virginia to North Carolina in the late 70s early 80s um, and then I was born in North Carolina so I was kind of the only one in the family from North Carolina and my very my earliest memories are pretty traumatic um, there's a lot of um, arguing, there's alcohol and drugs. And so I don't remember, you know, having like a good childhood. (laughs) There's just a lot of conflict all the time. Um, and then, you know, kind of later on when I'm around four or five, I actually have some sibling abuse from my older brother. Um, and I, you know, I remember kind of like there, it was just a very tumultuous time. Um, and I tell my mom about the abuse and she kind of, you know, she believes me and then there's like more arguing and then my parents divorce, and then my brother goes to live with my dad and my dad moves back to Virginia. So it's just me and my mom. Um, and my mom kind of, you know, in my eyes, she was like this strong independent woman. Um, she worked a lot and she was just trying to make ends meet, but I was left alone a lot. Um, And so we moved around like every year for the first, you know, five years after their divorce, we moved around to different homes in the, in my hometown. And, um, and I'm kind of just, you know, in my own little world. (laughs) And then over the years, I sort of become like, you know, distant from her. It's like, I, I have trouble kind of connecting to her. We, we even argue and it's kind of just sort of explained around as like, you know, the teenage years where we're just not getting along. And so I, like, I get into high school and, you know, I'm pretty, I would say I kind of focused a lot on just school. And so I got, I felt really comfortable with, like, um, I think in that perfectionist role and achieving a lot. Um, But I always felt very different from everyone in my family. Um and there's another part where my brother actually moves back in with us like his last few years of high school and it's just a really confusing time for me because I have to like kind of pretend to be um you know I kind of wanted like that big brother relationship but also knowing that like he had been a kind of not a great part of my life so it was really really confusing time but I always kind of remember like feeling different um I wasn't close with my dad we were he had shared custody, but I maybe only spent like the summers with him or holidays. And we just never really connected. Um, and when I got to high school, I was kind of just like, we don't really have anything in common. So we never really, you know, we were in touch, but we just like, we would be on the phone together. And we, we couldn't really even have a conversation. Um, so it was always pretty distant. And then I remember, you know, during those teenagers and my mom and I were, were arguing a lot, I would kind of out of the blue, just be like, if it wasn't for the fact that I look like, you know, my mother, we both have red, red, curly hair. um, And we look very similar. I was like, I would think that I was adopted. Um, And I spent a lot of time with my friends, families in high school, I kind of was just always trying to be away. And I would joke around that, like, you know, I'm probably adopted, I just don't even know it. (laughs) Such a, such a bizarre um, thing to think about now. But I also started like collecting family photos because um, I was told that I looked a lot like my dad's uh, mother, my grandmother, and she and I were really close when I was younger, but she passed away um, when I was in my teenage years. And so I would stare at these pictures because I I loved her. She was an amazing woman and I wanted to look like her. But I would stare at these pictures and just I couldn't see it. (laughs) I would just be like, wow, you know, she was beautiful, but especially like photos from the 50s. And I just didn't see it. And I would like stare at photos of my dad and my dad's family. And I was just like, I don't know where I get, you know, this these dimples. I don't know where I get this smile from. Like it doesn't look anything like some of the people in my family. And then I remember sometime around high school, end of high school, um, I asked my mom, you know, is there any way that, you know, my dad, that my dad's not my dad, because we're just so different. You know, we can't, we don't really have anything in common. And she was just kind of like stared at me. And, um, she, you know, she was like, no, there's no way. He's definitely your father. So it was a weird, it's just crazy that there's this like instinct, um, but then I go off to college and it's kind of like I also have this instinct that I know that I just kind of like can't be in that in the area. So I off to college and then I move to South Carolina after college and I just kind of like keep my distance. Um, and that's kind of like my family of origin story. I'm just I'm really have always been very distant from my family of origin. And that, you know, could be for a lot of different reasons, but it's, it's kind of, it was this weird kind of shame of like wanting to be close to them and have a close family like I've seen a lot of my friends, but not not being able to and sort of feeling like, you know, it might be my fault or I did something wrong. <laughs> but it was, um, you know, it was a very tough time. I even like in my 30s, I started, you know, I started going to therapy because I was having trouble with um, my own, like, interpersonal relationships, like, where I could never really keep, you know, a relationship going for very long. And I was like, there's just, you know, there's something not right here. After a while, I'm the common denominator. So I started going to therapy, and, you know, it's just, we can never really make any breakthroughs. It was mostly centered around, like, you know, my early childhood trauma and abuse. But it was also like, I, I would constantly bring up the fact that, like, I didn't have a great relationship with my mom and I felt like she had done so much for me. Um, I actually ended up going back to school for a graduate degree and I do like a postgraduate training. And at this, you know, end of the year ceremony, I'm actually crediting my mom for being like, you know, you know, the most important person in my life and, um, you know, like a role model for me. And so (laughs) that's my kind of the origin story. So, um, I guess that's kind of like, it's funny to talk about it now because, you know, the way I would have described it before was a lot different. You know, it was more like my mom was everything and she did everything for me. Yeah. She's kind of my protector. Yeah. Um, But a lot of that has changed. (laughs) Spoiler alert.
1: Yes. And (laughs) you can go on from there however you see fit if you want to talk about how you found out you were an NPE or or what led up to it?
0: Sure. It's actually kind of interesting. So this was March of March of 2021. Um, and, <laughs> you know, having trouble with, like, interpersonal relationships, I was online dating. And there was a guy on there who started um, – was, like, kind of to get my attention, was like, you know, 23andMe told me that I'm an early riser, you know, stuff, stuff like that. And I was like, oh, really? It tells you – those things, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just thinking, oh, it told you, you know, your kind of your ancestry or your, um, ethnicity and your heritage, but I like didn't know it told you all of those things. And um, I was like, well, that's actually kind of neat. I was a biology major in college. So I was just like, that sounds really interesting um and a friend of mine her birthday was coming up so of course like knowing me i'm always thinking of everyone else and i'm like do you want to do this we could do this together it's a buy one get one free or half off and i'll get you one for your birthday and then i want to i want to take it too i think it would be interesting never thinking anything about like you know who i might find out i'm related to um just kind of thinking it would be fun Yeah, so that was a birthday of hers that we will never forget. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. like we send them off and I get my results back a month later in March. And um, I remember I was so excited that I didn't even get the email yet. I just I had the app on my phone and all of a sudden I opened it up and the results were there. And the first thing I saw was that I had a close relative match and it was to a woman who Was it was saying was my half-sister. And immediately I thought, you know, it hits you, like this feeling in my stomach that something wasn't right there. But the story that I had always been told about my dad was that he had at one time cheated on my mom. So instantly I was like, well, if this is something – you know, this is probably like something with my dad. And, you know, that's gonna be interesting. But it was like, I looked at it, and she had listed in her profile that she was um, lives in my hometown. So that was even more kind of eerie. Um, But none of the names that were listed on there as like her surnames um, were anything that looked familiar to me. So I kind of was thought I thought that was interesting. But I just kind of glazed over it. I was like, oh, that's going to be interesting. Um, I'm going to come back to that later. So I looked looked at all the other stuff, and all of it was just kind of, you know, fun. And it was like kind of – I had equal Irish and Scottish, so that was kind of fun to know So I didn't know where (laughs) the red hair came from. But it's just crazy how my brain immediately was just like put it somewhere else, you know. Um, So I kind of – I looked her up on the internet, you know, try to find – what she looked like. And I found a picture of her and it was immediately like my stomach just kind of like dropped, (laughs) um, because she had the exact same smile that I have. And I was like, no, this, you know, we can't, that can't be right. Really? That can't be right. I'm a biology major. So I'm like, I know this is right. I remember when they did genome sequencing. I know this is not, this is not fake, but I was really just kind of in shock. And, I kept thinking like, wow, the, the first thought I had was I'm really going to, you know, um, this is going to be really traumatic for this person, <laughs> you know, not thinking it has anything to do with me. Um, and so out of the blue, like not really thinking, I just send her a message through the app. And the first thing I say was, wow, is this for real? And she responds right away and like within an hour. And she was like, I'm not really sure this is kind of wild. You know, my parents are still together um, and they, you know, they used to live or they live in our home, like my hometown. And so that even is even more interesting. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to ask some questions. You know, I'll let you know what I find out. And she was like, yeah, let me know so I kind of put it away. And I'm just kind of thinking through some things. It took me a whole two days to really like kind of sink in that this isn't maybe about her and more about me. Um, So the first thing I did was I actually called my dad, which I still kind of am mystified by that to this day. But it was like at this point, I think I was so distant from both of them. I had this feeling that he wouldn't my mom is pretty reactive. And so I felt like he would give me some, you know, some information a little bit more calmer. So I called him and we talked and I was just kind of like, you know, you know, y'all were married for a long time before I came along. So could you kind of tell me, you know, what, what that, what life was like for you and mom before that, you know, how, you know, what was your relationship like, you know, especially being an adult now, I can probably see it a little bit better. And he said, I've been waiting your whole life for you to ask that question. (laughs) And I was like, okay. And so he starts telling me that they had a very, you know, very tumultuous relationship. And they, of course, he's like, we moved to North Carolina and we were partying a lot. And he's like, we would have all these parties and people would come up to me and say, you know, your mom's, you know, been she's cheating on you. She's been sleeping with so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so and so and so and so and so and so Um, And he was like, I was, you know, I was young and I was kind of like um, trying to catch her all the time. He's like, I was always trying to catch her and I never could. And he's like, I always wondered, though, if you were really my daughter. (laughs) And I just I was like floored. My jaw was on the floor. I was just kind of like, wow, was anyone ever going to tell me this? You know, (laughs) if I had never Ask these questions. Um, and then I just kind of, I didn't tell him at that time. I just kind of was like, when he said that, I knew that it was, you know, that it was me, that he wasn't my biological father. And like I said, I knew my mom was pretty reactive. So I waited even longer to talk to her. But I kind of just, you know, my, I think our generation, like we, it's very easy to mine the internet. So I started. I just started going to town on trying to find information. I don't remember a lot of like how I made it through those early days. I just remember kind of existing, but constantly searching. And I, and I really wanted to see, um, you know, I found out like her dad's name and, you know, I found out that she has an older brother and I was just, I really wanted to see like pictures. So I was like mining the internet. And so I, get, I went on Ancestry and kind of like typed in their names to try to find out more information. And I found out that um, he was, my biological father was actually married two years before me. So he, and he's still married to the same woman. So it's kind of, you know, infidelity on all sides, it appears. Um, But I just, you know, like there there were no pictures of him online. Finally, after like a week of searching, find a picture of him from his 20s. And I just like finally get this picture and it's like I just stare at it for, I mean, it had to have been like half an hour. I just stared at it. Um, And then it was just so eerie to finally see a picture of someone who looks like me. It's like, I had been searching for that my whole life. (laughs) And to finally see that was just, I don't even think I have the words for it. Um, It's just like, you finally are able to put the pieces together. So that was March of 2021. And I instantly didn't know what to do. Um, All of all of the words that I feel like I've heard people, you know, my mom was obsessed with like the Maury Pogpovich show and like Jerry Springer. I remember those things being on TV all the time growing up and just hearing all of the, you know, terrible things and words that they used to describe children who, you know, illegitimate and things like that. And I was just like, all of that kind of felt like on me. And I was just like, I'm not going to let that define me. Like, I'm not going to let that be what happens here. And so I, you know, talked to a lot of my friends, right? Pretty early on, like, I really needed that support system. And one of my friends was like, you know, she's like, there has to be support groups for this. Like, so she starts Googling on the internet, and then she finds a bunch of the like, um, Facebook groups. And you know that's when we start learning a lot of the terminology, like NPE. Um, and I'm so grateful for those groups because I don't know what what I would have done without them. It felt like all of a sudden I was like, I am not alone in this. And then, you know, early on, I think I I just kind of like joined and really just felt so calmed by the fact that you know, there were so many people that even though it's awful, it's just kind of like you know, that, you know, you're not alone. Like there's no way that you can be the only one. Um, and so it was just kind of nice to be like, okay, these people know <laughs> what I'm going through. And it was really good to just kind of like, look at some of the things that everyone was saying in there. Cause I just, I really didn't know where to go or what to do. So I, um, I was, I was just kind of like, where do I, what do I do now? You know, like I have this information, I still have still have so many more questions, so I finally get around to calling my mom, and she sort of knows what's what's up because I had asked her a question about like you know if she knew someone name with a similar last name. I didn't say his name, but I asked her about and she was just like, oh, yeah, why do you want to know? So I think she kind of knew something was going on. Um, and then I finally get around to calling her and She says, um, you know, I just kind of ask her the same thing I asked my dad, like, what was that time like for you before I came along? And there's nine years between me and my older brother. So, you know, I was kind of like, did you want more kids? And, um, you know, I would say I'm like a self-described feminist. So I was very open with her about like, you know, I understand that you were very young um, in your 20s and you maybe didn't have as much like you know, freedom to kind of like explore. She was raised in a pretty strict Catholic family. Um, So I was just kind of like, I understand if there was like infidelity or maybe you didn't really like want to be with my dad anymore and you just like didn't feel like you could, you know, trying to be very open and understanding about the situation. But, you know, I asked her again, you know, is there any way that you think dad might not be my dad? Just trying to give her that, you know, ability to speak on her own. And she, I think because she kind of knew, she said, why did you take a DNA test or something? And I said, if I did, does that change your story? Like, does that change your answer? Um, And she really couldn't speak about it. It was, um, I finally had to ask her, you know, who is this guy? You know, gave her the name. And she still couldn't really you know, the story that she gave me that night was very fractured. It was very much like it was a guy that she knew from a, a random job she had and he was really nice to her and he was really charming and they would talk about gardening and things like that. But um she never could say that, you know, she said she's like, I knew he had a girlfriend and he was kind of on again, off again. Um, but you know, he went away for a while and then I've like, we would hang out again later on. And she was just like, then she said, you know, it was very fractured. Cause then she says later on when I'm like, after my parents get divorced that she meets up with him again. And so I would have been, you know, like five or six and she says she's, she meets up with him again And she sees pictures of, like, his family, and she sees a picture of his daughter. And she remembers thinking that the little girl looked very similar to me. And that was just very shocking to me because none of it made sense. And I knew if I asked her a lot of questions that she would stop giving me information. So I just really, you know, listened to her. It was kind of like a sort of an admission, but not really because she just – she really couldn't say the whole truth. And I could tell that it wasn't the whole truth. And it was really like the first time in my life that I was starting to sort of see maybe where I had been not getting the whole truth from her my whole life. That was kind of a shock to be, you know, have this conversation with her. And and then the next day, the next day, I, you know, we kind of ended and I'm just like, you know, all right, well, I need some time to think about it. And then the next day I get this like, barrage of text messages that are like I'm so upset that you didn't come home and have this conversation with me face to face and it shouldn't have been over the phone and I mean it's like Mm -hmm. all of a sudden it's already my fault
1: (laughs) blame yeah
0: yeah and I just remember you know saying well I'm really upset too so you know let's just take some time to just let the like kind of dust settle I need to think about some things um in the meantime, you know, because I was on a lot of those Facebook groups, there was some really good advice about like taking screenshots of the of the DNA tests on that you of the results, um, and then like taking another test to see if you match with like more relatives. Um, so I thought, okay, well, you know, and then uh, I also wanted to like. Um, because he doesn't really have like an online presence. I couldn't find like an email address or, a phone. you know, I found his physical address. So I thought, well, you know, maybe I'll send him a letter, you know, very factual, not, not emotional, just kind of send it and say like, here are the, here's what I know. And I would like to get more information from you. And I was sort of thinking like it would help take out the middle person of my half sister because I was like I still hadn't sent her a message back on 23andMe yet I just thought well you know I'll just send her I'll wait until I have more information but this will like kind of take her out of the middle if I just send him this letter so this was like in May of 2021 I send this certified letter to their house and um because of COVID, you know, they no one actually signs for it. So I get the little like return label that it was delivered, but I don't have a signature or anything. And then like a month goes by, and I don't hear anything from that. Um, And then I decide to do an ancestry DNA test. And that's like in June, and I get those results back. And he had tested, I guess, a long time ago, like 2014. He had tested and the first thing that comes up is like father daughter match. Mm. so I can't imagine if I had ever done ancestry first Um, seeing that was kind of crazy, but there's other relatives on there too. Like he has two sisters. So I had, she, one of the, the younger sister popped up in my matches as my aunt. So it was just kind of like more, more details, more information. And then I finally send a message back to my half sister and just, you know, let her know that, I've spoken with my parents, and it's definitely true, and that I also understand that this is really very complicated, because I knew that her parents were still married, and that I came along two years after they were married, so it's kind of a, you could be a, I, I guess I would, you know, I guess from kind of being the person that I am, sort of was seeing it from, like,
1: all these different
0: angles.
1: She's younger than you? She
0: she is four years younger than me, and then I have a half brother who's two years younger than me. Um, And then in this bizarre way, North Carolina is a is a big state, but a a small world sometimes because in the same time frame, um, one of my really good friends who used to be a teacher and she did a lot with you know childhood trauma and she was getting her um, doctorate and she was in this program with another woman who has the same last name as my biological family. And she was like, she's from, you know, North Carolina, maybe she's related. So she pulls up her Facebook profile and she's looking at all of like kind of her friends. And she's, um, she's like, yeah, it looks like she has all these people. And I was like, wow, I think that she might be a, a cousin or something. And my friend asked me, would it be okay if she reached out to her? And I said, Sure. Um, so she reaches out to this cousin and, um, we're the same age, roughly the same age. And, um, she tells her about, you know, what's going on with me and the, my cousin is like uh, already, she's just like, yeah, there's, you know, there's this family has an interesting past. And she's like, we're, she's like, I'm not really surprised to learn this. And, and she is like willing to meet up with me and kind of tell me about the family. So we end up meeting for lunch. This is this around the same time. This was like July 2021, and we meet up for lunch one weekend. And she just kind of—it was really neat that she gave me like all this information about kind of the history of the family. Her dad did the genealogy of the of the side of the family, and so they were like early settlers of North Carolina. (laughs) So I go from being the only one in my family, you know, who supposedly is from North Carolina, to having like whole background um in North Carolina so that was interesting and then I was also you know the only one in my family who went to college. I was you know even like um, distant relatives and you know I was the only the very first one in my family to go to college i I was very intelligent I mean it was just kind of obvious like my older brother had a learning disability but I picked up reading right away. I was you know very into like I wanted to learn everything. Um, and then I find out like on you know, my biological side of the family, they're all also very like studious. And <laughs> so it's just, it's really, you know, the whole nature versus nurture thing is so crazy, but it was, it was like right away. It's like all these things that had never made sense to me started to make sense when I got more of this information. So I was very lucky that I had someone to be able to like, you know, meet with me and give me that information. Cause I was feeling very lost Um, I hadn't heard back, you know, I didn't get any response from the letter. And after I sent that message back to my half sister, I really didn't hear anything from her. So the other thing that, so it was like two months after I find out this, this information, um, my mom actually gets diagnosed with colon cancer. (laughs) Um, so that becomes like a big ordeal And instantly anything to do with this discovery has to be put aside, which is sort of, you know, pretty, I would say on par with my mom. Like she is, um, it was just kind of like every, you know, she was sort of kind of positioned herself in the family to be like the one who's taking care of everyone. And so when, when it's about her, we kind of have to drop everything and be there, um, so that was complicated because my brother was also there and I actually ended up telling him, you know, like I found out this information and I'm just kind of like, you know, going through a lot and with that, because it's, it's sort of what happened after that was I couldn't really deal with it anymore. It got to this point after I met with my cousin and I had all this information, I just kind of felt like I couldn't really handle it. Right then, um, I was still working, and and then my mom's cancer, and it was just like I couldn't really deal with it at the moment um, because it seemed like once I had all the information and all the pieces came together, then it became like everything that happened in my childhood made more sense, and it was stuff I hadn't been dealing with or talking about. Um, so I actually went into like, I actually went to the, I got like a, um, a life coach, but it's, it was, she, she was someone I had worked with before she was a yoga teacher. And then she went into this type of like coaching and it was like embodiment coaching because I felt like, I felt like I didn't have, like, I wasn't in my body. Like there was like a time when I first got the results where I was just kind of like existing, but I don't really know, like, you know what the days were like. I just kind of remember like going to work every day, but like not really being present. And I felt like because I feel like I had I had been in therapy for a long time, just more like talk therapy and um, CBT. That I felt like I knew that I was shutting down. Um, so I had reached out to her because she was just starting this like business where she was doing a lot of like um kind of like holistic like somatic therapy and I was like I think that's what I need and I didn't really know what life coaching was um but she was very much like hands-on and very present and it was really what I needed like instead of just once a week therapy like I was pretty much engaging with her every day um so we did that for like three to six months and that really helped me get through a lot of things that were coming up about my childhood. And I started to realize like, I needed more, I needed a different type of therapy. So I got a new um, therapist and I was just working on a lot of, a lot of things like trauma related. And so that, so I kind of put the whole MPE stuff on the back burner. It was just kind of like, I didn't hear anything back from the letter. I didn't hear anything back from my half sister. So I'm going to focus on this other stuff right now. And then during that, you know, I helped, I helped my mom, she had surgery and like, I helped her through all that. And because of like getting into this, um, like coaching, actually I had a conversation with my mom that turned into a pretty bad argument where she was like gaslighting me. And she was just like, you know, you're not thinking about how much this impacts me. Um, And then she tried to tell me that maybe I didn't remember some of the things like how do she like around my brother's abuse and that trauma. She was like, how do you know that you didn't make that up? I mean, it was and that's the first time she had ever said that to me, you know, because when I was younger and I told her about it, she believed me. Um, but this time, you know, I'm almost, I was like, like 37 or 38 when this happened. And I, you know, so that was the first time she'd ever said that to me, but I could tell that she was sort of reaching for whatever she could to hurt me. And I just remember that moment thinking I'm not going to be able to have a relationship with her. And so I, you know, around this or exactly a year ago, this time I estranged myself from her and my brother. And I told them that I just needed time away to like no contact to be able to figure out what I needed, which, you know, I was never, I was such a, you know, growing up, I was, I did whatever I could to like, you know, make them all happy. So it was a big deal that I was, I went no contact with them. Yeah
1: no one ever chooses to go no contact with close family unless it's absolutely the the last step they have to take. Right.
0: Right. It was, you know, in that moment, I just remember thinking like, you know, and I, I remember I left because I was visiting her. We had that big argument and, um, I left and I remember, you know, telling her that I loved her and saying goodbye because I knew that I was, I knew what I was going to do or I knew what I had to do. And I wanted to be able to say goodbye knowing that I had that closure, if I didn't ever see her again. So after, you know, after that, and then kind of like getting into all of that therapy, it's, um, it was really, there's still a lot to go, but there's, you know, it's been, it's been really good. but. Gosh, so earlier this year, it was around January. Oh, I had, you know, I have like a year annual doctor's visit. And so I was going to, I knew that was coming up and I knew I was going to have to update my medical information to remove anything on my paternal side. Um, and I thought I was so, you know, prepared. I was ready to like go in and have this conversation with my primary care doctor. And I go in and I had sent an email to my half sister, um, earlier to be just to, you know, ask her if there was any like medical information I should know about. I know I had the 23 and me stuff, but you know, nothing was really there, but I just wanted to see like, if there's anything I should know about. And she never responded, and so then I go to my doctor's visit, and I, the moment I start to be like, I need to remove all the paternal information, I completely lost it, and I just was like crying, <laughs> and um, I just remember thinking, wow, like there's still, you know, there's still more there that I need to, I need to discover. So at that point, I decided. Well, if I didn't hear back from my biological father, I was going to start reaching out to other people. I didn't hear back from my half sister. Um, so I sent a message on Ancestry to my um, to my aunt or my biological father's younger sister. She was on Ancestry. And she, it looked like she hadn't logged in in a long time. But I sent a message and she didn't, she didn't respond to that. And I was like, well, she seemed pretty active on Facebook. She was like the only one. Um, so I sent her a message on Facebook. So it was in March and she, within like a few hours, she, I had put my phone number and my email address in there. And within like a few hours, she sent me an email and she was like, I looked at your photos on Facebook and I could tell right away that you're related. (laughs) Um, and so, yeah, so she was like, you know, I'd love to speak with you. This was maybe on like a Thursday. So she was like, why don't we set up a time to talk on, you know, Saturday. Um, so this is like, I think in March of this year and she called me on a Saturday. And I remember the minute that we talked on the phone, it was like, I was talking to myself. She sounds almost exactly like me. Um, and she's, was so kind and she was very, she just kind of listened to me, you know, tell her what it, what I had discovered. And then she asked me some questions. And then she finally was like, well, um, she said the complicated part is that, you know, your biological father has dementia. Um, So that was kind of for me, it was instantly like, relief in some ways. It was, you know, I'm in healthcare. And so I kind of know that, you know, that's not something that you can really go to someone who has dementia and, and give them this information that can be pretty harmful. So, um, it kind of was in this weird way. It was a relief to me that I didn't have to worry about having a relationship with him. It was just kind of like, okay, well, that makes sense why I didn't hear back from him. Um, but she's, you know, she tells me like, he's kind of, it's more like moderate dementia. She's like, sometimes he remembers things. Sometimes he doesn't. Um, but she asked me if I would like to meet him, you know? And I said, absolutely. Um, and then I told her about, you know, how I'd sent a letter and she was like, Oh, I wonder if, you know, his wife got the letter. And I was just kind of like, yeah, you know, um, and then she's kind of putting the pieces together as we're talking and she's like, Oh, you're born, you were born this year. And she's like, they were married. Oh, <laughs> and she's like, um, she just said, you know, he was my older brother, but she's like, I, you know, know a lot about his past and she's like, yeah, he does have a history and um, you know, they had an in a very interesting relationship. And she said, he said, you know, in the past that his wife kind of saved him, you know, kind of helped get him on like a better course so um after speaking with her I kind of got the impression that he didn't know about me that I don't even really kind of think that my mom really knew for sure that he was um my father I think she just kind of I think she might have guessed and suspected but she probably either never thought this would come out or two that like there would ever be a way for anyone to find out you know it was um it was a really good conversation. But then, you know, I told her that I had been in contact with my half sister. Um and that we that then I kind of she sort of kind of disappeared. Um and my aunt has been really supportive. Like she's we pretty much after that conversation, we talk almost every week. Like she sends me emails, we've sent tons of pictures to each other. And then finally, at the end of May, we met in person. Um, and that was really wonderful. She's just been so kind and supportive. But I haven't been able, I think um, what I've heard so far is that my my siblings are sort of not sure anymore. Like At first, they were kind of open to the idea of meeting me. But now it seems like they might not be. Um, so it's kind of a lot. I think that everyone is still sort of processing, and um, definitely still seems to be taking a lot of time on everyone's. And I'm not really sure. Some days I'm not even sure, like how I feel about it still. Um, mm-hmm. But it has been. It's been nice to have at least a few people who are very, uh, you know, open and receptive and accepting.
1: Um, as so your your half siblings have gone quiet now but now you have a connection with your aunt yes yeah and the
0: there's another um like an older um so my biological father's in the middle and there's another sister who's older um and she knows too and she's but she's not as kind of i guess active and involved um on like online or you know with email so she hasn't we haven't been in communication but she's definitely would like to meet me so we've kind of thought through you know different scenarios of how we could maybe um even how I could meet my biological father just to kind of have that that opportunity to meet him um which I think would be important for me but you know I also understand it's really challenging <laughs> Um, his wife is sort of like the primary caretaker for him. And, um, she knows about me. Apparently she got the letter. She is the one who got the letter. Um, and it sounds a very interesting situation with them. Um, and, you know, even they've kind of said like, she, it might be like pretty upsetting for her. Um, so it just really seems really like maneuvering a lot of different dynamics and relationships, and um, it's kind of where it's at right now. It's just I'm in contact with his younger sister, my aunt, and we just kind of keep that connection going, but there's
1: really, you know, hasn't been a lot of movement <laughs> since May. Do you feel like? From knowing your aunt, that she'll be the sort of person that won't fall off, that she'll keep up contact with you.
0: Yeah, she's the one who reaches out to me every week, for the most part. Like I've, I think there's only probably maybe been like a week where I reached out to her first, but she most of the time sends me every week, sends me an email just kind of catches me up. Like now to the point where she just will be like, this is what we did this week, you know? (laughs) Um, And then she's working on getting a bunch of pictures together, but she sent me some just through email, but she's working on collecting like a bunch of photos that she has of the family. Um, My biological grandparents, you know, paternal grandparents have all passed away. Um, So she's been telling me like stories about them and, It's really neat to see, like, because all the photos that she sent me, it's, I can really see it. You know, I finally can see where I get the dimples from and.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The stories of the family and the pictures. Oh, that stuff is so important, right?
0: Yeah. I never realized, even she said, she was like, I never realized how important these photos would be. I was like, right. I need them too. (laughs) She sent me photos of my Half siblings when they were younger, and we all look so much alike. It's really, I look more like them, I think, than my own, you know, family of, of origin. It's like, it's so interesting to me. It's like, I always knew I had this feeling, but I could never really, like, you know, no one would tell me anything. So, um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of, it's been a lot. I mean, and then, I started putting together like all these other pieces of like my mom's past and all this other stuff kind of like came up with it too, sort of like generational trauma. Um, so it's just all these things I feel like I never would have found out like in, if I hadn't have taken that
1: DNA test. <laughs> hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine t- if you had taken that Ancestry one first and saw the parent-child match?
0: No, that would have been...
1: A shock <laughs> it was already a huge shock seeing the half right, right
0: right, um, Well, and it but it was easier to kind of in my brain to like explain that one away and make try to make sense of it than it was if I had seen that, I don't know what i I don't know like what spiral I would have gone down first if I had seen the yes. father daughter match,
1: yes, oh, Holly, thank you for sharing where you're at in your story right now today. And I realize things are always changing. There's always new family members entering. Sometimes people, you know, going silent or disconnecting for whatever they're working through themselves. Uh, If people wanted to get in touch with you, could they do that? Yes,
0: sure. Um, My email is the best way to get in touch with me. and it's just H Barry, my last name, B-E-R-R-Y, and the number one at Gmail.
1: Thank you so much for being willing to do that. We get thousands of listeners and every so often I hear, of you know, um, people that have come on, other MPs say, oh, yeah, I got, you know, a few emails and supportive emails is what we're looking for, for people to connect. And thank you so much for sharing you've been through and what you've learned and and how everything is going with your with your story right now
0: yes thank you for letting me share i feel like i've kind of been in the background like listening to all the podcasts and um like watching all of the conversations that happen and it's it's just so important i think to share and know that we're all even though every story is different is we have a similar connection
1: exactly thank you holly Thank you. These stories are here for us to identify with. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, email npestories at gmail.com. You do not have to give any identifying information. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, I'd like to hear from you. Subscribe to this podcast to hear more. Come heal with us.